1: Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio with us today. Now, don't you forget, today is a good day to plan your very own one of a kind Mississippi trip, and you can do that over at visitmississippi.org. And if you like to get out and enjoy our variety of waterways here in Mississippi, then you'll agree. Keeping them clean and clear of litter is a good thing. So today we're learning more about the litter getter from creator Don Bates. Hey, Don. Hey, Rebecca. How are you
2: doing today?
1: I am not going to complain. It's a beautiful day that the Lord has made. So let's dive in. I'm learning new vocabulary words by getting to know the litter getter, starting with this idea of storm waterborne trash. So what happens during storms to our waterways?
2: So that's one of the biggest things with our business is for people to understand that litter on the ground is moved by water and it becomes litter in the water. And so nobody is driving to the middle of the Gulf of Mexico and throwing out litter. It's coming from our streets and our parking areas. And so the water moves it. And that's a huge uh, awareness factor for people to understand that stormwater is not filtered. And so anything on the surface of the land is going to end up in the water at some point.
1: So when did you, Don, first realize that there was this true problem with litter in our waterways and that there really wasn't maybe a systematic or sustainable way to um, address it?
2: So like most of us, I'm 50 years old, fortunate, born and raised in the South, and you know, water is just our family story, who we are. So I'm from South Louisiana, 26 years in Central Mississippi, and uh, now in, in the Mobile area, and just doing the cleanups over and over again. Uh, some of us can remember when the only thing we had was paper and aluminum and glass and, and tin, and so the plastic kind of came on quickly. You know, we're not against plastic. We think it should be used better and, and, and recovered better. But, um, you know, so just doing these perpetual cleanups of waterways, which become our concentration, and I know we dealt with it in the Jackson area two years ago when those floods in the Pearl River and all the, the litter. And so that's kind of the game, the concept of tactically trying to catch the litter closer to the litter sources instead of it going all the way down the river uh, and catching it at the end.
1: So when you first conceptualized litter-getter in your head, Don, did you draw it, like, on a cocktail napkin? Was it there in your boat? You just sort of sketched it out, maybe, you know, on a piece of paper or on your phone? Like, when did this first idea just sort of pop into your mind that you could create the litter-getter?
2: Right. So one of the big things is, you know, we're all trying to protect our urban waters, and that's where the people are, so that's where the litter is. And we had uh, just moved to Mobile uh, for work, uh, for my, you know, previous job, and We had done a cleanup, and it was several hundred bags of litter out of a small urban creek, very similar to like a town creek in Jackson, um, over about a quarter mile. And everybody worked hard, and then the lament began of, you know, it's going to rain a couple of times and all the litter's coming back. And so that's kind of when the first concept came up. We built it out of uh, my daughters and I, who at the time were probably eight years old. We built it out of chicken wire and pool noodles and threw it in a creek behind a friend's house, and it looked good, and that's the the trap we threw back into this creek that we had just cleaned with a bunch of volunteers, Uh, everybody just doing it, weekend warriors, and it rained, we went there, the trap had literally three tubs of litter in it, and only one or two pieces of litter made it past the trap into that 400-yard section that we had spent so much time cleaning. And so that was just kind of the beginning of a of a concept, and try it out, and it really kind of took off from there. Not as a as a future business, but as a as a way to do it as a volunteer, and then it just really kind of took off.
1: So, at what point, Don, did the litter litter getter? I want to call it a critter, but there's other traps (laughs) for critters. It's a getter. that sort of took off and then now has become, I know you've created a business out of this. Obviously so. I mean, it's working. We all um, can get behind anything that's trying to keep our waterways uh, clear of all of that debris. And it just makes good walking around sense, as my husband would say, in terms of working smarter, not harder. So how did the steam engine keep rolling for you to when you finally found, hey, th- there's something here to be, you know, to move forward with as a business?
2: Alright, so the group, um that we were doing the volunteer cleanup with is called the Mobile Bay National Estuary Program and they're a leader in this, you know, in, in the Mobile Bay area and they liked it and they pursued an EPA grant. Again, I was a, I was a vice president of a southeast regional engineering firm that's a, just a great company. They have an office in Jackson, they're Compton Engineering and, uh, and, and was doing this on the side while I was the chief operating officer of a 300-person engineering firm. Um, and so did it for two or three years, and the work started happening, and I set some internal goals and really planned on retiring from Thompson Engineering. And next thing you know, you wake up and there's a little bit of money in the checking account to to give it a shot. And so two years ago, April the 12th, two years ago, I resigned, left Thompson Engineering to do this full-time we had some contracts and then from in the last two years we've just deployed in our eighth state last week
1: which i know and, and take us back to when you when you brought a litter getter to biloxi mississippi because that was the first for mississippi uh to get where did you where did you guys put it out and how big of an area will it catch litter
2: okay so yeah we're in two small drainages this is a partnership uh so mississippi state had pursued a grant for this concept and that's who won the grant we've partnered with them um to do these two projects and it's bayou august and i'm drawing a blank on the other bayou but it's uh two drainages in biloxi uh, both catching a lot of litter and they're one of them is a restoration project that restore is done um it's in a uh, an urban area and uh we're cleaning it out today so we put those in the water and it was a great Kick off. We have four more traps coming um, through some of the restore funding that EPA, I mean, uh, that the DEQ in Mississippi uh, has sponsored. And so we'll have six traps uh, in coastal Mississippi probably within the next month. We'll have those installed also. And we were so fortunate. Again, I, you know, we're all about urban waters here. We're so lucky in Mississippi, and I'm so proud to be on your show Tell the good news. You know, and all we ever hear is the negative. But there's not many places in the country that you can, 20 minutes from wherever you're sitting, you can be in the, you know, the solitude of nature. Uh, you can work in downtown Jackson, and you can go be in nature quickly. And we all kind of understand that. So we were very fortunate as this project. One of the, after the floods in the Pearl, uh, the First Lady, you know, Ely Reeves, was found out about us, and we kind of began the discussion with her, Uh, a year and a half ago, just concept. Um, DEQ in Mississippi has been very engaged in what we're doing also. Chris Wells is doing a great job, you know, the leadership of that group. And so we were pretty proud first ever. uh, Miss Ely actually came to the install in Biloxi, um, wanting to see what these devices are that can protect and enhance yeah, you know, our natural places in Mississippi.
1: So how often will they have to be checked, Don, in terms of to, you know, get the litter out so it can start all over again? Is it a weekly thing, biweekly, once a month? How often do you guys get out there and, you know, remove the remove the
2: garbage? Right, so it's twice a month at a minimum and then around rain events. So we're an all-in service with our devices. And so that's one of the things that mun- municipalities and the counties really like is that we actually handle all the maintenance of the traps and so rain is what makes the traps, makes the litter move, and so we work around rain events. We usually clean the traps within 48 hours of a rain event.
1: Well, you've been busy this week then, at least here in Mississippi.
2: <laughs> April, April. We were in the Mobile area. They were 12 inches behind rain when April started, and I think they're four inches over the rain totals for the year now, so it's it's been a crazy April. We're ready for these April showers to be done and Mayflowers and, and get a little caught up.
1: So caught up in terms of, the, uh, what do you all do with the trash? Where do you take it? Do you try to recycle what you can, Don?
2: Yep. So we, another key part of our business, and we are really kind of almost turning the litter consultants. So the litter getters are one piece of our business, but we have other devices and designs now uh, for tactical litter problems. The neat part of what we do is we're able to recycle almost 40% of our material. Um, and we do that through specialty agreements. One of the issues right now with recycling is it has to be so clean going to the next level of recycling. And we're able to come up with specialty agreements uh, to get this material into local recycling. We do that with agreements. We don't try to sneak it in, but uh, we are physically recycling 40% in most of our areas. In Birmingham, Alabama, we're actually recycling recycling. Uh, close to eighty percent of what we collect, because we—they're actually taking some of the waste plastics and making an alternative diesel fuel. That's, so they can take it, that whatever is pretty, condition. It's amazing.
1: That's amazing, Don. And I'm so happy to hear all of the litter getters that are here in Mississippi already. You keep up the good work. You are welcome back on Good Things anytime.
2: Thank you so much.
1: All righty, you guys stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. The new degree of comfort.
3: devil here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three.
0: Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Mississippi has so many good places for you and your family to eat, stay, and play. So take some time to go to visitmississippi.org and explore a little more. You can listen to good things over at Supertalk.fm. You can also watch us there. And you can stream us live from the Supertalk Mississippi app if you have taken the time to put that on your smartphone or devices. But we hope you know always the best way to listen to our show each day is on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station, which you can get us anywhere across the state. But if you're into watching and listening, don't forget that we have a YouTube channel that's being populated every day with new content. So if if you ever miss anything or you know, say, you know what, that was a really good interview. I just want to go back and hear that specific thing on whichever show, you can do that. You can go to YouTube and just type in Super Talk. You hit subscribe, and then as Rhino tells us, we need to follow that up with the little bell button. Little notification bell. I don't know if that's a button, notification bell, and then you will get updates whenever we update our YouTube page. And you will see a I guess it's a category for every one of our our shows there. So yeah, playlist. Playlist. That's even better alternative to what I'm trying to get out on this on this, uh, on this this Friday. Um, we're also spreading some love on the Good Things Facebook group for our moms, but maybe in a little bit different way, because when you start thinking about mom, there are certain things that just come to mind. And for the most of us here in the South, it's going to be something that your mom made that nobody else's mom or your wife or your spouse uh, could get even close to. It's just something about the way they seasoned it or baked it or cooked it or made it or prepared it or stored it who knows but it's just you've tried to replicate it and you can't because it's just not your mama's what. So we want you to fill in the blank today as we go into Mother's Day weekend thinking about or reminiscing on um your what your mom made the best of or still makes the best of. And you can get creative. Some of you have said children, but she not not all moms can make the best children, so <laughs> but I would I would assume that most moms think that they that they do. They have bias for for their own kids. So I'll kick us off with my mom makes the best spaghetti. I don't know how she does it. It's really not fancy. I know there's some little bay leaves or something in there, and she uses something out of a jar, and I think a specific kind of noodle she prefers, but it's not bougie noodles. I think it's the cheaper ones, but it's a certain kind of brand she likes, and I don't know what she does to it, but I have tried to replicate it. I have even tried to you know, forget it and do my own, and whatever I do, my spaghetti and nobody else's tastes like my mom's. So, Rhino, I know you would be reminiscing for, with your mom, but what did your mom make the best of?
6: Chocolate chest pie. I
1: was going to answer that one for you. I had the sheer privilege of getting a couple of slices of your mom's um, chocolate chest pie, and holy guacamole, you needed a glass of milk and about 20 minutes to sit down and enjoy it because yeah, you
6: can't scarf one of those down.
1: It was rich and it was flavorful and it was almost the the texture of a perfect cheesecake but you needed to eat it slow because it gets stuck on the top of your mouth. And it was also the kind of pie too you could take back to your desk and you could let it linger. You would eat a few bites going about your work, let it settle and then finish it and finish it off. So yep, I will. you are correct, sir.
6: Anytime a dessert is rich enough to make you slow down and enjoy it, it's good.
1: i I, I completely agree with that. which some others are throwing out dessert names that they say that their mother makes the best of. Um, would be banana pudding, but from scratch. I've got a couple of friends who we call it Nana's banana Pudding because they know my mom is nana. and and, and but they don't realize that that was my grandmother's recipe. and somehow, once my grandmother transitioned, to be with the good Lord, I think my mother's banana pudding got better. Have you ever realized, recognized that it is kind of strange how when there is a transition with, you know, life, then sometimes finally recipes that get passed down start to taste like the ones it used to be. We have several of those instances in our in our family and to be completely respectful with that. It's almost like passing the baton. It's like something happens and all of a sudden, I now can do it. But I want to keep my mom around. I mean, she can make spaghetti for as long as as she needs to, not to say that. But no, but the banana pudding, a lot of friends have connected, uh, too, with my mom. But some of you are also saying, like, fried green tomatoes. Nobody makes them like my mom makes them. Andrew says chicken noodle casserole. You know what? I don't know if I've ever had... Chicken noodle casserole. I've had chicken spaghetti. I, I was about to if say said, it's
6: probably like chicken spaghetti or baked chicken spaghetti, or there's there's a million different names for it, but it's it's all delicious.
1: And Tim and McGee says cat head biscuits. That oh yeah. Sounds delicious. Debbie in Hattiesburg says no one makes sweet potato casserole better than my Mom, and that's something too well, as we move into just holiday weekends, that
6: could start a whole debate, too.
1: It could start a whole debate and in w-
6: just with the toppings,
1: just with the toppings, but then also with the holiday side dishes, you have the different moms have the different or grannies or aunts, but they are collectively someone's mom usually will bring X, y, and Z because they are the best at it. And usually, within a family unit, if Betty's got the best. You know, casserole, sweet potato casserole, then Margie's not even going to give it a try. She's going to bring, you know, the stuffing or the dressing or whatever it may be. Or those and, fancy
6: bacon-wrapped green beans.
1: <laughs> or all of the above. Someone said, my mother passed away years ago, but she always made me Mexican casserole. It was the best, Dwayne says. And Chris from McComb says that my mom's chocolate egg custard pie is the best in his um, respect and then Sheila says fudge she just said fudge yeah if you can make good fudge that's not an easy thing to do
6: there is a secret to it if you do it the old-fashioned way which I I have, I've tried it once, and I will forever just go with the, the condensed milk version because that's just so
1: much easier. I will just eat other people's fudge. I don't ever see a time in my life where I'll go, I think today I'm going to try fudge from scratch. It's just that's one thing that's never been on the tip of my tongue or on my thought process, but that's neither here nor there. So I'm very grateful for those who enjoy this Well, when
6: you're frozen in, like snowed in, and you're looking at, I got a bag of chocolate chips and a can of condensed milk, what can I do with these?
1: Wouldn't be that. (laughs) Not for us, but that's, I mean, you know, you rock it. I would be like, I will scorch it, and then if everything really does get down to the nitty-gritty, we could have drank that condensed milk. I mean, my mind's straight into... Survival mode at that point, but usually if you got your mom around then you're not in survival mode, you are in full-blown just comfort mode. And so usually the foods that you feel like your mom makes the best of, whether they're desserts or main dishes or appetizers or just certain, um, certain recipe or dishes, typically here in the South, everything I'm looking through is comfort food. It's something that you sit, you enjoy. It's probably better uh, served with a large crowd. It's usually. I haven't something... seen any
6: veal or foie gras, so yeah.
1: No, it's all homemade biscuits. Which Caitlin, I think, if if my husband's listening to good things, he might debate you on that. My mother-in-law does make pretty good homemade biscuits, um, from fried rabbit to standing rib roast to homemade cinnamon rolls, fried chicken, pecan pies. And own and own, and I think the cool part is is these are kind of all different. There are a few that come down the pipe that are similar, like fried chicken. I mean, if it's real fried chicken, meaning your mother got the chicken, dressed the chicken, heated up the oil and the grease, I mean in the pan, and did the whole in bone that's I'm not thinking chicken tenders, we're talking like good old fried chicken, the kind that will scald you if you stand too close to the oven while she's doing it it's one thing you better you learn quick if your mom ever or grandmother made chicken from scratch like fried chicken like real fried chicken you always wondered why it was so messy but then you you only got close to the to the oven once or twice or the stove once or twice because it gets to popping and doing whatever it's doing and flying you get that landed on your face or on your side you're like oh the Holy Ghost thought I left him at church but he followed us back home for dinner
6: but then you have that mom magic where they can just lay it off in the grease and it's like, oh, it's just right there.
1: True. That is mom magic. That wouldn't be me. Again, like fudge. That, but
6: I, It's like the recipe thing. There's never. that magic that passes down with the recipe. There's that mom magic that you can only do the whole drop in the really hot grease without it even bothering you until you've figured out that mom magic.
1: Ray in Gludstadt says my mom made the best salmon croquettes and the best peach pie. Haven't heard of a peach pie in a while. But most of your moms just had those signature dishes. They were something either you got on a weekly or every week basis for dinner, like with us with spaghetti. It was kind of a go-to, but it was like mom spaghetti. Or it was just those things that just happen on special occasions like the pies and the desserts or the baked goods where when you know you see certain things come out, you don't even have to ask what's on the menu. I'm sure if Ray and Gludstadt saw peaches and a pie crust and all the things being pulled out. He didn't have to ask questions. He's just sitting back and waiting for the pie to be done and for the enjoyment to begin. We are enjoying Mother's Day, a day early here on Good Things. So tell us, your mom made the best what? 601-879-4395. More in that coming up next.
0: It's in their blood, you know. Our roads lead to another road for renegade's rep.
6: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Beautiful day for your Friday. Sunny skies, high near 75. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 53. Saturday, sunny skies, high near 83. Saturday evening, mostly clear, low around 62. And for your Sunday, a slight chance of rain, partly sunny, high near 85. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon. No drip roofing in construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, no drip roofing in construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051.
5: Nothing
0: says I love you like diamonds.
5: And after the year we've all had, we're pulling the ones we love even closer, aren't we? Holding them a bit tighter
0: at juniker jewelry company love is what we do
5: and helping you tell her how amazing she really is how you couldn't live without her that's our passion
0: we're mississippi's direct diamond importer with 10 times the diamonds you'll see in average jewelry stores
5: and the largest inventory of gorgeous diamond jewelry in the state from engagement rings and wedding bands
0: to diamond pendants and tennis bracelets
5: to our legendary diamond stud earrings
0: we have the perfect anniversary birthday or graduation gift for her at the guaranteed best prices in the state
5: but maybe the best reason of all is just because because you get to wake up next to her every day and that
0: makes you the lucky one
6: come experience the most trusted name in jewelry for over 75 years now juniker jewelry company mississippi's direct diamond importer 1485
0: highland colony parkway just south of 463 in madison and junikerjewelry.com Rogers Dabs Chevrolet is a proud sponsor of Ole Miss Sports. New Chevrolets, great pre owned vehicles, and excellent fleet department, all backed by an award winning service department. That's Rogers Dabs Chevrolet Cross Gates Brandon or
4: RogersDabs.com.
5: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. On paper, it might look like there's a lot of money and things are great, but Senator Josh Harkins doesn't think that's a true reflection of what's going on in the economy. We're operating
6: on a sugar high, so to speak, with all this federal money that's been poured into the state, and, and will continue to be poured in the state. And eventually, there's going to be a day of reckoning. You know, a lot of this money is going to eventually dry
5: up. Mississippi stands to receive about six billion through the American Rescue Plan. That's an amount equal to the the entire annual state general budget. The labor shortage isn't just making things tough for business owners. Linda Hornsby with the Hotel and Lodging Association points out that it's also placing a strain on those who are showing up. Management is working double shifts, doing things they've never, it's certainly not in their job description. But more importantly, the hourly workers that are back at work are working overtime. That costs Mm. the employer a lot more money. I'm Kelly Bennett.
0: Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
7: Worked all week, got it all done. Let's make the Tennessee River.
1: is fast approaching so make sure you plan a Mississippi adventure. Head on over to visitmississippi.org and explore a little more And next week, the Gallo Show will be at King's Daughters Medical Center in Brookhaven on Wednesday. They will be promoting the National Hospital Week and to discuss the overall health care that this hospital provides their community. So that's the Gallo Show on Wednesday in the main lobby at King's Daughters Medical Center there on Highway 51 in Brookhaven. And you can catch a new show here On Supertalk called the America's Roundtable. It's coming up tomorrow morning. That's Saturday morning at 730 a.m., 30 minutes before the Garden Mama takes the stage. So you can find out what the most influential political business and media leaders are talking about on the new saturday morning show so you can tune in right here on your local supertalk mississippi radio station on supertalk.fm of course you can also stream it while drinking coffee through your supertalk mississippi app if you would like to do that just make sure you've already got your Mother's Day card and gifts before you nestle into a good Saturday fun because Sunday is coming fast. We're reminiscing on moms today here on uh, good things. Filling in the blank. My mom made or makes the best what? And I was waiting for it. But someone finally texted in. My dad could cook a spare tire and make it taste good. But my mom can't cook worth a lick. But I love her.
6: In, in a similar vein. We had also had somebody text in that they make fudge with Velveeta cheese. So if your mom makes v- fudge with Velveeta, I apologize for my initial thought of that being completely insane. No, it's a thing. I just looked it up, and the, the recipe's just about as simple as other fudge.
1: Yes, it is. The first it's crazy. The um, first time I ever had Velveeta cheese fudge was from a dairy farmer's wife. I guess she's a dairy farmer as well. And, her, and she said to me, try my fudge, but you can't promote it because it doesn't use real milk. <laughs> because Velveeta is not real cheese. However, that doesn't mean that you can't still enjoy certain ingredients to, to make um, a fun time fudge. Well, this
6: recipe I'm looking at has two sticks of butter, and then eight ounces of the Velveeta, and then two pounds of confectioner's sugar, half a cup of cocoa, two teaspoons of vanilla extract, and then nuts.
1: It could give the Cotton Blues Cheesecake a run for its money in calories. Let's just put it out there for that. <laughs> hey, but that doesn't mean that it's still not something that you enjoy or something that's good and that can have a place in uh, in your diet. And it takes you right back. These things that we're talking about today, whatever it may be that your mom made, or maybe you are like the gentleman who said, his bless his art, his mama couldn't make anything. But still, there are things that come to mind that when you see it, taste it, smell it, or have it from someone else, you have just been you know, conditioned to think that your mom's is better than that, or you enjoy it more than that. And it takes you right back to family dinners, Sunday afternoons, special occasions, things you look forward to um, as a kid. And that's the cool thing with, with food, is that way that it can connect you back to a A singular person like your mom or an experience or an entire season of your life. And, you know, and when they do transition and leave us, it's it's those memories that we still have connected to the recipes, whoever else makes it or the fun conversations you get to have with your spouse. I say fun. We almost got divorced over peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but we won't go down that route here today to say that oh that's good you know but you know it doesn't taste like still not moms and um and i think that's okay cuz all of this comfort food that we connect back to the to the woman who gave us birth or whoever that caregiver was for you as a mom is is also just sort of a representation of that love and care that you got you should have gotten or or hopefully got from from someone who filled that that spot so you know, it's, it's, there's a lot wrapped up in that chestnut pie for you, not just the ingredients, right, Rhino? Well,
6: it's, it's the continuing human consciousness is a, a big fancy way of saying it. But it's, you, you look at it as great-grandma figured out if I do this, that, and the other, I get the world's best lasagna. And she passes that down to grandma and then Grandma figures out, well, if I cook it at this temperature, I get the world's best lasagna. And then your mom has it, and it's it's all this just layered life experience that's passed down through something that we all have to have. Food. food.
1: And we all want to do what with it? Enjoy it. And so that's usually here in the South, we get the best food from the best moms, in my opinion. And Derek and Greenwood, my mom too, she could make the best hamburger helper. <laughs> you know, if that's something you remember sitting down, hamburger helper, a roll and a glass of sweet tea, and your mom made it, it that's your mom's. Like it, It's okay that it had a little help from the you know, the pre-whatever ingredients in the package, that's fine. It still is your mom's hamburger helper. But there's some things that come pre-packaged that even I don't think your mother would purchase. So if you have been in the Facebook group in the last maybe 15 or 20 minutes, Rhino has shared with us something horrifying, in my opinion. <laughs> Downright disgusting, it if I am honest. Um
6: it's it's stolen from reddit but it's stolen from a reddit that i can't say on the air because the name's a bad name
1: oh that's terrible
6: (laughs) but it's it's a picture that gets weirder and weirder the longer you look at it so if you haven't seen it you want to go over to the facebook group go to facebook type in good things with it'll pop up we'll let you in but it's a milk jug in the in the fridge section of a 7-Eleven. And the milk jug has a sticker on it that says fresh with an exclamation point. And uh, it's it's from Hinton's brand. It's Hinton's creamiest potato salad. Uh. Mm -mm. It says also on the packaging no refrigeration required because an ice pack is included. And if that wasn't enough to sell you on the creamiest potato salad served in a milk jug ever, there's also a fork kind of taped to the outside (laughs) with a sticker saying it comes with a fork
1: I can't I can't 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 so I, if I'm running late to a barbecue or a picnic and I stop in from a cold drinks in my ice and I go oh man I so forgot my side dish
6: if you show up to any picnic barbecue get-together or anything in the Magnolia State
1: and you have with a milk jug full of potato, of potato
6: salad somebody's gonna make fun of you
1: I am and I'm They're not probably gonna it.
6: have some silver in their hair, but it, it's gonna be brutal.
1: Because my thing is that can't be homemade because how do you get it in there? How do you get a gallon worth of potato salad in there? It's not like you spooned it in from what you made fresh. That was squirted in from some machine.
6: <laughs> you know it's not gonna be good and chunky. Oh Just the chunks wouldn't fit through the mouth of the bottle. <laughs>
1: my next how do you get it out
6: exactly how do you dispense the potato salad
1: (laughs) like can you imagine walking around at your picnic with your you know sweet tea jug in one hand and your potato salad jug in the other asking does anybody need refills and just pouring it on out taking the spoon or fork and doing the whole wiggle 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 thing like you do with the ketchup to try to get it out pop 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 and then your potato salad my stomach has turned several times just talking through it and thinking through it. There are some things you just should not.
6: Yeah, you shouldn't pick it up off the shelf and take it to anybody's house and, and serve it to anybody. You shouldn't serve it to yourself, but I mean, hey, struggle bus parks out front every once in a while. But yeah, if you're, if you're going somewhere. Do you know somewhere. how much
1: cheaper good old baked potatoes would be with some butter and salt before I would I would purchase potato salad? in a milk jug ice cream bucket maybe I'm a little visually I'm, a, I'm there with you it's got a handle you can scoop it over in there but a milk jug that's just a whole nother level of why how did it get in there
6: and so yeah the, it begs the question what is something you would never buy pre-made
1: boiled eggs why?
6: Yeah, I mean that's about as simple as you can get in, <laughs> in the realm of cooking. Boiling eggs, so why pay for somebody else to do it?
1: And you see it in there, rolling around in like slimy-looking water. Boil your—you can boil eggs. If you have the money to purchase boiled eggs, you probably have the mindset to boil your boil your own at home. But that and potato salad—I've so, I've sort of thought about it since you give since you poise that question to us. Whatever. Do you have something you wouldn't buy pre-made?
6: It would be really tough to, to justify buying pre-made sweet tea. Like, especially just store-brand sweet tea.
1: Why not just make it yourself? Sue and Green One says, Try taking canned venison, chicken, beef, pork, or whatever somewhere to eat, but instead of canned, it is canned, but it's in a jar. Yeah. Potted meat should be in a can. That's something I agree, Sue. I do not want to spread that out of a glass jar. That feels odd. I mean, I, I still get that more than I get potato salad in a gallon jug that looks like milk. I mean, they have packaged it to look like a gallon of milk. It's not. And it's in there
6: with I want to be it. a fly on the wall of the the harried husband that is rushing to try to get home with a gallon of milk for the wife that keeps texting thinking, him like that. Okay. and walks in the door. I got it for you. Oh, no.
1: That would not be a good thing that a suit of that. But we've got more good things for you coming up next.
4: clinton body shop shouldn't you choose them for your repair clinton body shop in clinton and richland certified by the company that made your car to repair your car with oem factory parts go to clintonbodyshop.com it's about your family's safety and your car's value that's ClintonBodyshop.com. are you ready for what is possibly the last lawnmower you will ever buy
3: If so, then you are ready for an XMARC. This is David Frederick with Frederick Sales & Service. And if you're ready, now is the time to take advantage of special XMARC pricing and special XMARC financing. With 0% financing and payments that won't start for 150 days. That's five months before your first payment and still 0% interest. You don't want to miss out on this opportunity to own the mower that landscape professionals purchase 2 to 1 over the next best-selling brand.
7: This is the closing ag market report. At the close, of the New York Cotton Exchange July cotton was down 92 to 89.66. October cotton was down 31 to 88.41. At the close of the Chicago Board of Trade, July soybeans were up 20 and a quarter to 15.89 and three quarters per bushel. August soybeans were up 21 and three quarters to 15.37 and a half per bushel. July corn was up thirteen and a half to seven thirty-two and a quarter per bushel. September corn was up nine and a quarter to six fifty-four and three quarters per bushel. At the market till, June live cattle was up fifty-five to one sixteen oh two. August live cattle was up thirty-seven to one eighteen eighty-five. August feeders up eighty-seven to one forty-four twenty-seven. September feeders up fifty to one forty-six oh five. And at this hour, the Dale Jones is up two hundred six points, 34,755. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk, Mississippi Agri-News Network. If you're building a new home or remodeling an older home,
0: amazing propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Propane, clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Planning a Mississippi adventure? Take some time today to go to visit dot org and explore a little more. You can get more sports on Sunday here on Super Talk. You can find out. What the Story Behind the Stats each Sunday morning on Sports Sunday with Michael Borky starting at 8 a.m. You can listen online or at supertalk.fm or you can watch the show over at Super Talk TV and if you want more sports you can get that and all your favorite Super Talk shows via podcast here on Super Talk everything from the Gallows show the JT show with Gerard Gibbert Good Things Sports Talk Mississippi don't forget about Eagle Hour, Thunder and Lightning, Rebel Report and even in a Mississippi Minute all in podcast form so if you like um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen, just search Super Talk. And as always, if you are listening from the future via podcast form, hello, how are things going?
6: If it's really far in the future, how are flying cars? <laughs> Wouldn't
1: that be cool Like to go back like 30 years from now, go back and listen to the first podcast that were ever... Recorded and see the difference in what people were talking about.
6: I had some buddies that were into podcasting They're still into podcasting, I think, but they were they were into it in college like the the early 2000s when it really got off the ground and it it opened some doors for them So there's
1: well, there's always something about no being telling
6: what what you can do
1: first to a platform It's just will a platform grow. You never know which one's gonna catch steam and flourish into something versus you know, fade off. Somewhere
6: someone has a whole shelf of laser discs, and they're, they're either regretting it or very proud of it. One of the two.
1: Maybe a little bit of both.
6: Probably a little bit of both.
1: We've got some kids in Mississippi I think are going to be pretty proud if they won the Guinness World Record by cooking up the world's largest jambalaya in an event that raised money for food pantries. That's Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College said volunteers backed by numerous sponsors used a custom-built pot dubbed Potzilla.
4: Potzilla.
1: Potzilla. To cook up the world's largest jambalaya at May 1st in Ocean Springs. So school officials said they successfully broke the record, but they did not public whatever release the amount of jambalaya cooked. However, The current record stands at 3,371 pounds, and it was set back in 2009 at the Jambalaya Festival Association in Gonzales, Louisiana. So if they did, then Potzilla held at least more than that, 3,300 plus, probably closer to 3,400 pounds. That is pretty
6: shrewd of them to not divulge the weight, though, because now you won't have the the Jambalaya folks over in Louisiana trying to outgun them.
1: But if you win it, if it's confirmed, then they have to put it out there.
6: Do they? As long as Guinness knows, does the world have to know? Or can you just take Guinness's word for it? Yeah, they got the biggest one.
1: Well, I I feel like, I mean, you need to own up to it if you're going to have the ribbon.
6: Yeah, but if you do that, then the next group's just going to... To outshine you. Or well, try
1: that would be to. like Mel- Michael Phelps swimming, and they say, "Oh, he broke the world record," but we're not going to tell you about how much. <laughs> you guys, you you just
6: got to keep trying. You just your keep best. trying.
1: We'll let you know if 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 the little bell goes off at the end of the if <laughs> the end of the race. You just keep on. You just keep on swimming. Just keep on doing it. We'll give you a try. You have no visual point of like what to work to or work towards. I don't think that's the way it works. I feel like they're keeping it a secret. Until jambalaya season's over. (laughs) Or they don't have any intentions of trying to get the actual certificate. And they're using what they like to call in marketing puffery, which is saying we have the world's best. Like your mom says I have the or you say your mom has the world's best fried chicken. Well, there is no way for them to prove that. So you can label your mom's fried chicken as the world's best and not get wrong for it. Wronged for it, dinged for it, but if you say that your mom's fried chicken can cure COVID, well, then we've got a problem. Those are the kinds of those are the difference in marketing that's considered flubbing, but you can run with it because it can't be proven versus not factual and can be harmful in it's now intent. I'm just trying
6: to remember what's the brand of chocolate that's in all the 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 fundrais- is it world's finest?
1: Yes, they can't prove that it's not. How do you how do you prove or disprove that? I mean, you could literally put world's finest potato salad on the jug in the 7-Eleven.
6: I think that's a step too far. I don't think anybody <laughs> would believe that one.
1: I bet some bulls would buy it. You know what? The world says it's great. It's
6: Babe. the world's best potato salad in a jug.
1: With a spork.
6: <laughs> With the world's best plastic fork. <laughs>
1: The world's sporkiest sport sport you've ever saw with an ice pack. And if you're just tuning in and have absolutely no idea what we're talking about, head on over to the Good Things Facebook group and take a laugh and see and tell us whether you would buy potato salad out of a melt jug from a 7-Eleven. We would love to know your thoughts. But stick with us. you got more coming up next here on Super Talk. You've got Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. But Rhino and I will be back on Monday at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things.